When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday. Happy to have you with us with David Pollock and Roddy Jones. I'm Wendy Nix and I don't know about you, but it is hard to believe we have, in fact, reached the halfway point of the college football season. So we felt obliged, if you will, to hand out some mid-season report cards. It's important, after all, to know where you stand. We'll start with Pollock's SEC report card. We'll go conference by conference and not a huge surprise here, Pollock. Number three, Tennessee has the highest grade. They set the curve, if you will, with an A. Georgia and Ole Miss right below them with an A minus. And let's talk about that for just a minute because they've certainly played well. Why an A minus starting with the defending national champions? Well, Georgia came out and took Oregon and then put them over their lap and spanked the mess out of them and destroyed them and, and did a good job. <laughs> but since that point, and Oregon, I, by the way, climbed their way back up to 10. Since that point, we've also seen them now struggle a little bit with Kent Strait, struggle, struggle a little bit with Missouri. Their schedule, obviously, down the stretch, we'll see a little bit more. But we've seen more turnovers than we're used to offensively, more mistakes, some big plays on defense. So that's why I gave them an A minus. Ole Miss, listen, you talk about running the daggum football. They have been toting rock, and it's been fun to watch. We thought Zach Evans would be that. Jackson Dart has been running the football. This offense went from Lane Kiffin, chuck it all over the yard, to running the football effectively with some tenacity. That is what they're built on. Beating Kentucky was the best win, obviously. That's a huge deal for them. They haven't played a great schedule. I know. I completely agree. But they beat Kentucky with a healthy Will Levis. The thing is the schedule. Wendy. There ain't a lot on there for me to go, yeah, like, let me give an A+. Plus. Let me give you an A. I mean, to be honest, they're taking tests that everybody's got the answers to for the most part. So I definitely think that we give them an A-, minus, but that's still a good grade, and they're still sitting, obviously, in a good position. Uh, they sure are. In fact, undefeated through seven games for just the third time, and it looks like they found a game plan, a way to play that works for them. Let's switch gears for just a minute, if you will, to the ACC. Uh, Roddy, we'll put up your report card. I don't know if you're, you're a bit of a tough grader, I think. Uh, we've got three teams that stand out from the rest. Clemson, <laughs> Syracuse, and Wake. With Georgia Tech, by the way, look at this. They get an F, but it does make F sense because fire. you get an F if you get your coach fired. That's right. And in fairness, F does stand for fired. But, Roddy, uh, let's talk about Syracuse for just a minute and why they deserve the A grade. Well, first and foremost, Wendy, they're undefeated. And in my class, if you're undefeated, you automatically get an A. We're six games through the year, and it doesn't matter how it happened. I get the Purdue game. I get the Virginia game that, that things went their way. But if you win your games, you're, you're, you get an A in this class. Sean Tucker has been fantastic this year. Robin and I have been great on the offensive side. Tony White's one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in the country. That defense has flown around and been excellent, forcing turnovers, confusing offenses. So, 
Syracuse. They got a big test this week against Clemson, but they get an A. And then I'm going to flip to the other side. Syracuse was voted last in the Atlantic. Duke was voted last in the Coastal, and I give them a B. They took Georgia Tech and Carolina down to the wire, two games that very well could have gone their way. But Mike Elko and Kevin Johns have this offense playing free. Riley Leonard has been one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. This was an offense that was boring, that was tired, that was slow a year ago. But this year, they are exciting, and uh, Riley Leonard certainly has been worth the price of admission. Roddy, did you say they took Georgia Tech to the wire? They, they did. They took Georgia, Georgia Tech's playing a lot better, Pollock. So, look, <laughs> taking Georgia Tech to the wire to overtime is a big deal. We had the discussion him? before, and uh, Georgia Tech, probably a bowl team this year. They're not a bowl team. David, it's his not class. Going to a bowl. Hey, they, they, look, his, look his at the class. schedule. You look cannot at the teach. Schedule. So, that's fine. You're right. Yeah, you Move know on. what? Pollock, you're not invited. Okay, we're going to. We'll let you talk about the Pac-12, all right? How about this? They have four teams ranked in the top 15, but only one in UCLA gets the A grade. This I want to talk about, USC and Oregon in the Bs, and then Utah gets a C even after the win against USC on Saturday. All right, so let's talk about the Trojans first up and uh, why their grade, below the A range, if you will. Well, I think they've done a really good job if you think about taking all the transfer portal kids and trying to mold them together, but they lost to Utah, and, and I think their defense is the reason I, I, you should be upset with them. They give up big play after big play. Their offense, obviously, is big-time dynamic, but they just got beat by Utah, and coaching decision down the stretch, not using timeouts. I just didn't like the way that was handled, but I still think a B-plus is pretty dang good when you look at where they were, Transfer Portal University, and what they became. It's still a pretty dang good start for USC. Oregon, listen, everybody remembers the fly swatter that was week one. Georgia just whacked them, but since that point, they've turned it around. Big win against Washington State that was a comeback. They haven't beaten great teams yet. That's why I got them a B-minus. I still want to see more from them. A big test this week with UCLA, but Bo Nix has settled in. They're letting him run the football. Um, their defense has got a lot to grow and a lot of room to grow still, but this is still a team that rebounded really well after getting smashed early by Georgia now and rattled off a bunch straight. They got a tough test up next, of course, UCLA, the only team undefeated in conference play. One more thing, David, what'd you call it? I, I'm all for this. Transfer Portal U? I like that. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, tra and it's also exactly the That's case. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, I can live with that. All right, and you're right. Uh, let's transfer now. Oh, get it? Transfer now to the go. Big Ten. Uh, there are a couple. Oh, F man. We're back fired. to the F because we've got fired head coaches. We're fired. I mean, it's not funny, really, but four Michigan and two Ohio State lead the way with number 16 Penn State gets a B minus. I get it maybe after the loss to Michigan. Uh, but two other teams who get Bs have impressed you, Roddy. Let's talk Illinois and Purdue. Well, let's start. Let's start with Illinois. What Brett Bielema has done there has been fantastic this season, and it starts on that defense. Number one in the Big Ten in yards per play allowed. They've been excellent forcing offenses to turn the ball over. They're fourth nationally in creating turnovers, first nationally, tied for first in interceptions you look at that defense and they they create pressure on the quarterback they're second in the big 10 in sacks I, I think this team has been carried by that side of the ball and honestly they're probably the favorite in the west at this point mainly because of that defense 
And, and another team that they're going to battle it out with is, is Purdue. I was probably a little friendly giving them a B minus after the loss to Syracuse in particular, where they really imploded uh, and lost to Penn State earlier this season. But the offense has sort of carried them to the point where they're in control of their own destiny right now in the Big Ten West. That matchup against Illinois later on this year is going to be interesting. The the Devin Mockaby, the running back, has been fantastic the last few games. He's really emerged. So Purdue gets a B minus for me. I feel like that's like the worst grade, right? Like C, you're really not cutting it. B is okay, but a B minus just stinks. I don't, I don't know. know. It's just I, me. I don't like I, the B minus. I think C's get degrees. No, D's get degrees. What are you talking about? F is the worst. I knew I, David Pollock's like a D. What's wrong with a D? All right, uh, let's talk about the the graduate. Big Twelve, if you will. There's, <laughs> I know, fair, kind of ish. All right, there are a ton of A grades in the Big Twelve at the midway point. Plenty of teams. And this really is true, exceeding expectations. Oklahoma State still gets an A minus after their loss last week because it did come against TCU, who gets an A, and then they get Texas this week. That's an interesting uh, matchup. Why a B plus for the Longhorns, Pollock? Well, I think, you know, if Quinn Ayers don't doesn't get hurt, I, I think we might have a different conversation about what Texas is to this point, but you know, they, they struggled against Iowa State last week, but I love special teams, played a contribution and, and played well. But I, I'm going, you know, you can't beat, you can't lose to Texas Tech. That, that to me is why, I know you're playing with a backup quarterback, but that to me is why you get a B plus. But I like what they showed against Alabama. I like what they've shown throughout this season. So I, I think Texas has a great chance in the Big 12 to be a huge player. TCU, man, how awesome have they been? I mean, Max Duggan has been spinning bean all over the yard. He's got some explosive, dynamic playmakers. He's running the football. Um, Miller's running the football. You know, their defense, you know, last week, they overcame a 17-point deficit to Oklahoma State by making plays and creating some turnovers. So, I think this team, I mean, if you talk about where they're at right now, a lot of us would have been really surprised if we thought that before the season. Pollock, I feel like you were a little you were a little soft on the on the Big 12 a little bit because Iowa State having a C, the same grade as Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know about that one, man. Iowa State, the, the standards are a little bit higher there. Iowa State plays phenomenal defense. They play really good defense. Oklahoma lost with their quarterback banged up. I would have loved to see their quarterback finish both games they lost to. So I was a little gentler with with Oklahoma because of the injury. That's why. Nah, but Iowa gloves. State Kid defensively gloves. has been okay. great. Okay, yeah. They can't score okay. that. All right. Hey, okay. listen. Right. Uh, right. We're B, not in the barn yet, Duke. but... Uh, yeah, guess who, guess who picked Texas to win the Big 12 and got skewered? I don't know. I'm just saying. We're at the halfway point, and it's possible. I don't know. Don't I wouldn't comment. pound your we'll chest yet there, homegirl. Yeah, I said the horse isn't in the barn yet. Okay. All right. Ahead on College Football Live. That's right. A lot of football still to be played. Uh, that's how teams have graded out. But we'll look at some individual players as we inch closer to the draft. Todd McShay checks in on the prospects to keep your eyes on next. A leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. 
a podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm-hmm. like. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now, a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape, do you want to comment? 30 for 30 Podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clip. We reshot the scene, and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters, an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clipped wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to College Football Live. I'm Jay Walker with this week's HBCU Power Rankings. Let's get it going. Let's head on down to Baton Rouge, where the Southern University Jaguars had an impressive victory over Alcorn State. The Jaguars' offense is lethal, and the defense is improving as they pitched a second-half shutout. Number four, I still keep saying we're sleeping on the job Bubba McDowell is doing at Prairie View A&M. The Panthers are ferocious, they've got an offense, and they have key conference victories. Number three, Rattlers, strike and strike for Willie Simmons as they keep it going, playing some of the best football we've seen from them all season long. They're peaking at the right time. And the number two, wow, what an impressive job that North Carolina Central has done for head coach Trey Oliver. Davius Richard is a star, and after a record-setting performance, you see why they're the number two ranked team in HBCU football. And at number one, Coach Prime has so much to be proud of. The boys at Jackson State University are doing it. The defense is stingy, and quarterback Shadur Sanders is a candidate for the Heisman Trophy as well as the Peyton Award. Not quite making it, but on the bubble, South Carolina State University. If they can come up with an impressive upset victory this week, look for Buddy Pugh to have a chance to crack the top five. Wendy, back to you. Jay, thank you. And now Todd McShay's big board also updated in the top four unchanged from the preseason with Will Anderson Jr. leading the way. Two new players, though, have played their way into the top ten. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis and Clemson edge rusher Brian Breezy. Here is Todd McShay. Hey, Wendy. You got a lot to unpack here, so let's just dive right into it. In terms of the risers, Let's start with Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Tennessee. What a season he's had. Remember, a couple of years ago, he was kind of stumbling with Virginia Tech, transfers to Tennessee last year in a new system. This year, he's thriving. I see three things in his games that really stands out. First of all, his toughness mentally and physically. He's handling every situation. Secondly, poise in the pocket. I mean, he's as poised as any quarterback I've seen live this year. He's sensing where the rush is coming from, knows when to slide, knows when to climb the pocket, and has done a great job of seeing his receivers go through progressions because he trusts his protection. And then third, I think he throws the most beautiful deep ball of any quarterback in the country. So Hooker, who was kind of a fringe prospect coming into the year, now I view him maybe as a third rounder in April's draft. The next guy rising, Mike Morris, defensive lineman for Michigan. What a unique combination of skills he has. From the size, 6'5", 290, to the length, to the explosiveness. He's supposed to have a great combine and a workout. I think that'll only help elevate him. But watching him this season, after Aiden Hutchinson, now he's the starter. 
he's become, in my mind, a day two prospect as well. Now on the flip side, Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida, is only completing 56.5% of his throws. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this year. He is the most talented quarterback in the country when you're talking size, arm strength, and mobility, but he's just not developed yet. He needs the rest of this year and all of next year before we start talking about him as a possible first round draft pick at the quarterback position. Another player that struggled a little bit, Kayshawn Booty, the wide receiver from LSU. I had as a, a top 10 prospect coming into the year. He was in the Bolitnikoff conversation through six games last year before he had the season ending ankle injury. He comes back this year. There's conversations from Brian Kelly, the LSU head coach saying that he wasn't really involved as, as much as he needed to be. Conversation and quotes in the public for Booty saying that he thought about transferring back in August to Alabama. You see the frustration on the field. The production has been nowhere near what it was a year ago in the same six games, 15 fewer catches and eight fewer touchdowns on the season. Finally, one underclassman that's really catching scouts eyes. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is the star of this group if he becomes more consistent. And in the last two weeks, that's exactly what he's done, including six catches, 207 yards, and five touchdowns in that huge upset win over Alabama. Hyatt is a burner, and he's a guy that a lot of NFL scouts are talking about potentially in day two. Todd, thank you. It won't be long. Meanwhile, the top recruiting classes for 2023 have been identified. Headlined by Alabama, who remains at the top of the class. Clemson gets into the top 10 at number nine. And after 11 previously, Notre Dame and Georgia flip spots uh, at two and three. We're joined now by ESPN National Recruiting Director Tom Luganville. Uh, Tom, listen, it won't be long until National Signing Day, but let's talk about a program that has surprised you during this cycle. Well, you just named the usual suspects, Wendy. We expect them to be near the top. But for me, it's the Texas Tech Red Raiders, the top 25 class under really what is the first full recruiting cycle that Joey McGuire has had there in Lubbock. It's a big class, 26 verbal commitments, three of them in the ESPN 300. And the quarterback, Jake Strong, top 15 pocket passer in the country. I'm very excited about him, as well as Brandon Jordan, the safety, top 12 safety in the country. This is a very eclectic class. It's almost entirely derived of high school prospects, and they have hit just about every position across the board. Clearly, Joey McGuire wants to build this class, class excuse me, through high school depth. All right, Lugs, uh, just much like we did with prospects, how about a, a program on the rise, if you will? I think it's South Carolina. You know, I think we all admire what Shane Beamer was able to do in a short period of time on the field and then get the ball rolling in recruiting. And he knows as well as anybody. He's coached on the staff at Georgia. He's coached on the staff uh, at Mississippi State when they've had great people up front. 20 verbal commitments in this class for the Gamecocks, six of them in the ESPN 300, but here's the kicker. Eight of the top 10 are either in the offensive line, defensive front, or the defensive front seven, and then they're littered with corners throughout the class as well. So for me, the thing that stands out about South Carolina and why they're rising is that's the position that you have to gain ground on if you want to close the gap between a Florida, between an Alabama, and most importantly in the East, between a Georgia. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And as we move closer toward December 21st, not a lot of talent still out there. Well, there's a lot of talent, but not a lot of kids still uncommitted. Who's the best available? I think it's our number four overall prospect, Cormany McLean. Um, a six foot one corner, those guys 
They're not standing on every street corner. They're hard to find. Corners with height, length, can run like they're little guys. So you've got speed and quickness and fluidity. Going to be making his decision, it looks like, on October 27th between Alabama, Miami, and Florida. This is a highly coveted player because in today's game on defense, you've got to be able to match up with those big physical targets, particularly on the 50-50 ball. I really love this kid's overall skill set. And again, the measurables are outstanding. Yeah, and October 27th coming right up. That's next Thursday. Luke's thank you. And, of course, National Signing Day, December 21st. We'll have a Signing Day special right here on College Football Live. Still ahead, though, we're not done handing out the grades. There's some notable names making their way as new head coaches. Who's making the grade at the halfway mark? Who may need to study up for the second semester? We'll have our candidates next. Saturday on ABC and the ESPN app, a fantastic triple header. Syracuse and Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma State, and then the nightcap. Penn State looking to bounce back against 4-2 and two Minnesota. 29 new head coaches this season, most of whom trying to turn things around. That's likely why they landed there to begin with. But uh, some well on their way. Some seem to be standing still. And that's where we'll stop to hand out our head coaching midseason report cards. David Pollock, who stands out to you? With the A, I guess. Sonny Dice. Is that an A? I mean, look at what he's done with, with TCU. I mean, I, I think it's been great. Offense takes 65 steps up. Defense also gets better. Remember Gary Patterson, we talked about defense for all the years. Defense has actually improved, too. So, three ranked opponents, three straight wins, 6-0. and oh. Sonny Dykes has brought high-flying fun. Quentin Johnson turned it into an absolute freak show. Max Duggan might be up for the Heisman before you know it, Roddy. I, I looked on your paper for this one, Pollock. I, I looked over and, and found the answers <laughs> to the test because I, I said Sonny Dykes You were tired as well. of the Fs. I don't, uh, yeah. I don't blame you. If, if Lincoln Riley had won last week, I'd have probably gone with him. But in terms of first-year head coach, you're going from 5-7 and seven to 6-0 and oh in the driver's seat in the Big 12, probably the favorite uh, here in that conference. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Sonny Dykes too. All right, I think that's fair, even if you did cheat just a little bit, Roddy. We'll take a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear. Some tough road tests for ranked teams this week. We've got Syracuse, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Kansas State. Alabama, by the way, the best chance to win, according to ESPN Analytics, with number seven Ole Miss uh, projected to lose to unranked LSU. Uh, listen, we're turning the page, Roddy. That's what you do at the mid-year point. Who needs a strong second half? I'm going to go with the Miami Hurricanes. There was a lot of momentum around Mario Cristobal going back home to Miami. They're 3-3 three and three with losses to Middle Tennessee State and a Texas A&M loss where they probably should have won that game if they're at least a little efficient in the red zone. They've got some tough games later on, so I'm going to go with Miami, David. Yeah, and I tell you what, I'm going with Alabama. I mean, they've looked very, like, should have, could have, should have lost the Texas game AM right on the doorstep just got curb stomped and their defense got beat up so bad. I, I want to see the defense from Alabama rise to the challenge this second half of the season. Yeah, a lot of uncharacteristic penalties for the Tide. I want to see a strong second half for you two clowns, all right? Let's do it. We'll see you back here tomorrow.